Okay, I guess there is no intro. What's going on, guys? This is Chris at Geek Fives Live and Two Sided Review. We are at it again this week with another top ten. This week we're going to be discussing top ten Marvel Netflix series scenes and moments, kind of a thing. Uh, this week I have Tia and Leo. Tia, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Chris? Fantastic. Super excited. Why don't you tell everybody real quick where they can uh, find you? Um, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that, guys. You can look me up at, at Tia underscore Fabi. That's F-A-B-I. Really active on Twitter with Geek Vibes Nation. Just, I would just suggest go on Twitter and I guess if you want to show, go on Instagram, you can, but I don't really post on there anyway. <laughs> All right. Awesome, Tia. And Leo, we have Leo. How are you doing, Leo? Hey, what's up, everybody? Super ready to talk about some Marvel Netflix uh, shows. Oh, my goodness. Like, these these are, you know, I, I think Daredevil is definitely the best. Um, some of them are so-so, but I'm really excited to talk Um Daredevil Season 3, guys, definitely recommend checking it out. We're not going to spoil, but, man, that that show is just staying really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I think we all kind of agreed before we came on that we're going to leave uh, Season 3 of Daredevil alone for, for obvious reasons. It just dropped Friday, and I haven't personally got past Season 3, and I mean Season 3, I mean Episode 3, excuse me. So we're just going to leave that alone, but Leo, real quick, um, where can people uh, find you and your awesome um, new website? You guys can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Leo Rydell. That's Leo, like the zodiac sign, and then Rydell, R-Y-D-E-L. Uh, you can find me there on Facebook or Leo.Rydell on Instagram. And then you can also find me uh, on geeklygoods.com, geeklygoods on Facebook, or geeklygoods on Instagram. We're a shop uh, dedicated to the arts, and every purchase you make, a dollar goes to arts education. So come check us out, guys, if you're around. That's awesome, Leo. I like the fact that you give back to the arts, and, you know, being a teacher and a filmmaker myself, I think the arts are super important in schools, and they should not be forgotten. But let's get into this top ten real quick. And so we're going to do ladies first. So coming at number (laughs) ten, Tia. What do you have for us at number 10? And it's going to be really hard to name these, so they're going to be some ridiculously long names. Like, I can already see <laughs> us, like, doing a recap and going, okay, number 10 was a time that Frank Castle jumped <laughs> off the roof and hit hit Daredevil in the jaw or, or something like that. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's going to be a little difficult, oh, but we're going to, you know. Stopped him on top of that building, though? Oh, yeah. Dude, that, I know that. Oh. I picked up that scene for a reason because that, that was badass. But anyway. Uh, Tia, you have the floor at number 10. Try to make your well, like, your pick. I hope you have a good name for it so I can write it down without <laughs> it being a sentence. Well, Chris, Leo, I always appreciate you guys giving me the floor. Um, I This is going to be my top 10. I think it does kind of deserve maybe a little bit of a higher rating, but I just wanted to throw it out there because, honestly, I didn't want either of you guys to get it before me. Um <laughs> So my top ten is from Daredevil, season two, episode one, um, Know They, Him, It's One Man, and then leading into Frank Castle's hospital scene. Best entrance that I have ever seen. I 
just got finished watching Daredevil season three. It was an amazing season, but um, to be honest, guys, I didn't even watch Daredevil season one at first. I kind of like watched maybe an episode or two and just kind of like left it alone. Then when season two came out, I don't know why I was like, oh, they brought the Punisher on. I don't even really know this character that much, but I know it's a big deal. Let me watch it. Uh, John Bernthal is just the man, and I talk about him all the time. So if you know me, you know that I'm a huge fan of his and his work as the Punisher. That scene of him just walking into that hospital, just what you see at first, his footsteps going, and then the shotgun kind of swinging from his waistband and that whole entire scene, yeah, that's top ten for me. Guys? Uh, Chris? Oh, sorry. I was muted. I was listening to you. I was, I was muted. I apologize. Um, so that, so, oh, of course. It always happens. Like it's 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 like it's like NASA. Like we have a glitch for every show or mission, and you know, I I just happen to be the guy glitching. It's okay. It's it's part of the stream. We can all relax now. It's going to be cool. From all I I did the first glitch. Anywho, so that's your number ten. Your number 10 pick right now is is the introduction to Frank Castle in season two of Daredevil, or I'm a little, um, can you kind of like yeah. explain your scene a little bit more? I'm trying so to figure out exactly. The introduction to Frank Castle in season two of Daredevil, to me, doesn't really start with Frank actually going into the hospital. It starts with Daredevil kind of, you know, holding that guy from the Mexican cartel as he's dying and saying to them, you know, saying to him, who are they? Who is this army of people who have been making a mess out of Hell's Kitchen? And him just saying, no, 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 no. It is not an army. It is one guy. And then just seeing Frank going in. But So to me, it starts with that guy saying that line. It doesn't start with Frank going, because it's building up to that. It's like showing you, like, holy shit, it is one dude making this mess. Um, I, I think I remember that scene now that you're bringing it back. And I think where, you, where you're going with it to, to build on it, I think it, it tells a lot about Frank and what we're going to get from him from the rest of the season. It, 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 tells, it tells you everything, and then Frank speaks, and then you, you see what kind of tone Frank's going to have for that, of that kind of um, punisher. But, Leo, back, quick back for a retort. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, Uh, most definitely. Um, I'm a little bit upset that I actually didn't have this moment on my list because (laughs) I have a couple of different entries with the Punisher. And just going back to when I first seen season two and when I recently rewatched it to prep up for season three, man, I I think he actually had the best story out of anybody to me. Um, Just kind of going through, like, all he did, uh, with his family, the fact that he, like, faced Daredevil and, like, said to his face, you know, you, you put the criminals down, they get back up. I put them down, they stay down. Like, that, like, this scene kind of established, like you were saying, Chris, Chris, it established the tone for John Bernthal's Punisher. Um, he was ruthless. And this was the Punisher that I wanted. So I was absolutely satisfied with the scene, guns blazing, like, that's the thing that Daredevil does that I feel like the other ones don't um, quite as well. It just incorporates that just gut-wrenching action 
in such a stylistic and great manner. Like, Frank is not only a good shooter, he's a great fighter. Uh, so it's just, this scene was, this scene was everything. Um, I definitely would put this on the list. Again, jealous that I didn't actually put this on mine. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I really, really love John Bernthal's Punisher and can't wait for season two. Cause I don't know that that deserves a spot to stay. And I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that it's not going to get canceled. Well, I, yeah, as far as we know, it's not going to be canceled, but I totally agree with both of you. Um, his Frank Castle is off the chain, and I love the duality of the two and, like, what you said about what he said to Daredevil, you know, you, you, you knock them down, they get back up. I, I make sure they stay down. I just love that attitude, you know, and it, it's, it's contrast to Daredevil, so it's perfect. I think it's one of the best uh, – it, it, it should be – it looked at as higher on the list, but I'm sure there's there's tons of things that are similar, you know. But for me, I, I agree it should be definitely on, it should be on this list, and I think we're going to see a lot more Punisher from Tia coming <laughs> down the road, which which is fine because he's he's a, a bright spot in um, you know whatever the hell they're doing over there with canceling everything. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and put that down as number ten, uh, just for the sake of it. I wrote down intro of Frank Castle. Uh, Daredevil season two. Sound good to you? That I think that sounds perfect. Awesome. Okay, Leo. Um, before I toss it to you, my friend, I want to make sure one thing makes a list because one thing that really stood out for me as soon as like um, this was a topic of you know like we were shooting the shooting each other text messages and whatnot, figuring out what we we're going to talk about, and Tia brought this up as a as a really I'm, I'm sorry, um, Leo brought this up. And uh, I automatically thought of the the scene in Daredevil where I was hooked, and that was when he fought inside the hallway, the hallway fight scene. Leo, do you know that scene? Oh, dude, I love oh. that scene. Like, please don't put that to slow, though. Please. Okay, I, 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 that's what I was going to say before I got it. I, I want to let you go, but you think it should be higher? Because I'll save it for later on in the show. Sound good? Let's, let's save it so for let... a little bit later on, but... I will I will give you the floor. You seem kind of excited to talk about it. We could always move it up. So if you really want to throw it on, you can. No, it's cool. I'll hang on to that one, man. I'm good. I'm I'm always I got the notes on that one. I think I want to incorporate incorporate a lot with it, but I want you to go at number 9. Is that cool, Leo? Yeah, that works for me, man. All right, man. Shoot us. Shoot us. Shoot, 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 so, shoot, period, don't shoot us. We're <laughs> uh, not going to murder you guys. <laughs> wow, wow, Chris. Yeah, I know, it's been a long, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of tossed it to you and it flopped, so my fault. Uh, yeah, speaking of shooting, guys, check out the new Halloween. Wow, sorry to get off topic, but um, for number nine, uh, I would have to go – um, I think it was the, maybe the second episode of Luke Cage when Cottonmouth murdered Shamik uh, right in front of the Biggie photo. Man, um, talk about oh, a villain yeah. that has so much stoic potential. And Chris, check out uh, check out this episode or this scene. It's it's really good. Um, and just how Maharshala Ali establishes such just a dark guy at the top and he he's he's the king i mean says like right before he beats the guy he's like you know how many people want to be a king 
and he's just like such a ruthless character and not to mention like the cinematography on it was really beautiful um i love the red hues that came from the picture lit up the room uh to really establish that anger and control from cottonmouth's character i just i really love this scene and i thought we were gonna get i mean spoiler alert guys i thought we were gonna have this kind of villain throughout the season i kind of was a little bit disappointed that they had killed him off after a certain certain amount of episodes but what i mean what a great villain um just this was like an establishing scene for me that really put me into the mind of cottonmouth like even though he's like ah I sometimes i kind of feel bad for what i do he's still willing to dish out death on whoever passes him and it was a guy that like stole some money from him i don't even know if it was that much considering how much he had but Nope. This pretty much established the attitude that no one crosses Cottonmouth. Um, I'm going to toss it to you guys and ask you what you think. Do you think this belongs on the list? Um, I I didn't watch the entire. So this is uh, just so I'm, I'm clear. This is Luke Cage season one episode two. That we're talking about. Yeah, I believe it's either one or two. It might be the end of episode one. I vaguely remember that because I did. I think I caught the first couple episodes of Luke Cage. I kind of lost interest, but I did like that character. I kind of, Aww. I, I kind of, I kind of remember the moment. I do, I do see, I do remember a little bit of what you're talking about. I can't really talk about, but this, you know, Luke Cage season two had a lot of the same kind of tones of what you're throwing at. So I can see definitely why you put it on this list. And Cottonmouth wasn't wasn't done justice. I think that was a really good villain and that they killed him off too early. I agree. That was kind of iffy. But I'm going to shoot off to like Tia. Tia, how, how do you feel was... about it? I'm sorry, I'm Leo. Go ahead. Agree. Oh, I'm sorry, Leo. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Tia. I'll, I'll pass it. I, I'm going to agree 100% with you, Leo. I will talk all day about how I think that, um, and forgive me if I mispronounce his name, Marshala Ali, he was not done any justice at all. He is one of the best villains in the Marvel Netflix world, and the fact that he got killed off in, like, episode six was complete bullshit. Um, I love that scene that you're talking about, because if I remember correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that's the exact scene where the guy who he killed uh, spit at him or something, and he goes, oh, good. Now I don't have to hit you like a bitch. I can hit you like a man or something like that. Yep. And just kept, like, going at him. And we see this guy who, like, you know, and Cottonmouth is kind of, you know, he's well-dressed. He's, you know, well-spoken. We find out how, you know, educated he is in the arts and all that stuff. So he is, like, you know, you look at him, and he's a very well-put-together person. But he sits there, and he's punching this guy, like, just no hold bar. I mean, this, it goes to show you, to establish to you that, yes, this may be the head of a criminal enterprise, and you may have a cousin who's trying to be in politics, but it, it, it doesn't mean that he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. And I love that. I loved Cottonmouth. I think it's a shame exactly. that, that we it's didn't like get it. more of him. Now, did he kill yeah, him after he beat him down? Who, did Cottonmouth yeah, kill the guy? Yeah, he beat him to death. Yeah, he, it was brutal. <laughs> okay, so he beat him to death. Okay, yeah, I think I'm I'm having bits and pieces of seeing, remembering that scene. Um, 
Yeah, what a what a villain. Yeah, he beat the snot out of that dude. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's kind of cool because I think um, Marvel does a great job of with its villains. I say with quotation marks, how that you know, just if you were raised differently or if you were grown up in a different part of town or whatever, your views of what's bad and what's good, you know, like I feel like some of these villains aren't even really bad guys. They're just doing things the way that they know how to get it done. It just so happens to be breaking laws, but. They do a, a, a way of showing, like, a little bit of the humanity in them, but their tactics about going about doing their, their things is what's questionable. So it's not uh, – it's the days of, you know, just, you know, doing all that comic booky, cartoony, villainy stuff is kind of going out the window, and these are complex characters. That's kind of where I was going with it. They're not one-dimensional. These are, like, three-dimensional, four-dimensional characters. Yeah, I completely agree because when we see the background for Cottonmouth and how he was raised with uh, Mama Mabel and the opportunities that he could have had presented towards him, he could have went on to be a much more um, successful in the sense of, because obviously he's successful with money, but a successful person that didn't have to get his success from a cr- criminal enterprise. From dirty stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then again, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it comes back to the choices that these characters make, and so uh, that's really interesting, Leo. I like that. The pick. villains really make the show, uh, the shows a lot of the time. Um, to be honest, like the bad seasons of the of the Marvel Netflix shows are because of the villains. Like, let's be real mm-hmm. here. A, a good hero only goes so far in the story. You need a really good villain to keep people attached. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A good hero is only as good as his his, his villain in his rogues gallery or her rogues gallery or whoever's rogues gallery. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. So we'll keep that we'll keep that at number 9. I wrote down I wrote down episode of Luke Cage hit you like a man beat down scene. Does that sound good? <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, cool. Coming in at number nine. All right. Um, so, uh, Tia, I think we're coming back to you because I'm not quite sure my pick. I think my pick should be at, like, number five. I'm just going to put it out there for that. But, <laughs> Tia, I know you have a number eight pick. So, without any further ado, what do you got for us at number eight? Um, so, I'm going to do another Daredevil, which I promise not every single one of my picks is going to be Daredevil. But, it's a Daredevil pick from season one. I don't remember which episode it is, but it's the episode where um, Fisk decapitates Anatoly with the car door because that was <laughs> yes. just insane. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go, um, Tia. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, we already – so when we're first introduced to Wilson Fisk, he's just – a shadow almost. We're not really seeing him, we're just hearing him. And even when you see him, you know, he's looking at art, he's you know, talking to nice women, he seems very put together. I mean, he like holds Madame Gao's arm as she's walking. Like he's a very, oh, look at this nice gentleman of sorts. And then, but when Anatoly busts in and ruins his dinner with Vanessa, the woman who he hasn't even told that he is this mobster criminal. He's so insulted, he's so enraged that he just decides to 
beat the hell out of this guy to the point where, and I thought he was going to stop. I was like, okay, he's going to stop. He's just getting his rage out. No, no, no. This man, and Vincent D'Onofrio is just such an amazing actor, just continues until Anatoly's head is rolling on the floor. And then we see the guy who plays James Wesley just sitting there essentially like, yes, this is my boss decapitating a dude in front of me. That's cool. And, you know, when you think about the repercussions that that was going to have afterwards going to war with the Russians, Fisk wasn't even thinking about that at the time. And that was a scene that really showcased his personality, that as reserved as he is, as thoughtful as he is, he, when it comes to the love of his life or a woman who he's courting, which we realize he hasn't really done much in his life, he just... like, tacticalness is thrown out the window. He just is a slave to his emotions, and he just he just goes crazy on Anatoly. And that scene was just insane. That's definitely one of the top moments, and that's, that's what I'm going to say about that scene. Tia, I have to agree with you, like, 100%. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, that scene, I remember that it's – one of the few scenes that sold me on the whole the whole concept because I wasn't really like what the hell are they gonna do with Daredevil, but that and mixed with the the fight choreography, but that scene right there, I remember texting my best friend going, oh my god, I can't believe this is like Marvel <laughs> put their name on this, like <laughs> this is awesome, and it just so you're right, it uh, um, I'm gonna re- re- reiterate what you said, it does it shows you a little bit about we got this certain Wilson Fisk, who obviously. Um, is a gentleman and playing that part, but he's hiding this impulse, you know, and then we saw a moment where he snapped and then you're right. I too was like, is he going to stop? No, he's not going to stop until the dang heads off. So that was a real cool scene. I I remember that vividly. Leo, how do you feel about that scene? Oh my God. As soon as uh, you mentioned the scene, I was just, Jumping with joy, this is definitely on my list as well. Um, this really showed us how ruthless this kingpin is. Like, I mean, it really and, – and when, whenever somebody talks about this scene, it also reminds me of the scene, like, later in the season where it kind of jumps back to his childhood where his dad was, like, keep kicking, and he uh... ended up killing his dad that way with a ball pin hammer. And then it's like he keeps on doing that type of technique like by crushing this guy's head in the door he just keeps slamming it and slamming it until this guy decapitates like like you Chris I'm gonna tell y'all a little story so I there was a store out here in Colorado called Trademark that was going out of business and they were having like this huge blowout sale so I kept going back over there like every week when they would bump up the percentage off prices and I stacked up on these Daredevil comics from that store because they were on such a good discount. Um, and I was reading through them to kind of prep myself for the season. And when I finally got to the season, I was watching it up to that point, and I seen that scene, and I spit out a beer on the, all these comics. <laughs> oh, it just, uh, you know, I was like, man, I was so into that scene, like, I, oh, yeah. I kind of just reacted a little poorly, but it was it was such a great scene. I mean, wow, talk about an angry character. And like you were saying, uh, Tia, he was so composed with Vanessa and so well-gathered up to this point. 
And I remember him just saying, you know, screaming at him, you embarrassed me. And he just like started crushing him. And it was like, wow, this, this guy, it shows how far he would go for her love. And that is his wife in the comics. So it's not surprising that he would go this far in the show. Very, very awesome establishing scene for the character. So, yes, my vote is yes. Throw it on the list. <laughs> right. Totally agree. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio nails that, that scene. And I've known some people that weren't, like, violent killers but had impulse. Like, you thought they were together, and then you get them in this one moment, and they lose their ever-loving mind. And then they can't control themselves once they've seen red. And Wilson Fisk demonstrates that. And you're right, those flashbacks of him, like, severe impulse control problems. And um, he's a very complicated character, but I really do, I really do like him. It's, it's, it, they're, they're doing awesome things with, um, with Daredevil, I think. Oh, and I you guys have Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Tia, go ahead. Oh, you guys haven't seen anything with Wilson Fisk until you finished, like, Daredevil Season 3. But, Leo, I wanted to to say it's interesting you mentioned his childhood scenes because that's kind of how he was in that scene with Anatoly, with the Russian guy. It was like a child throwing a temper tantrum. And that's what he's doing. He's throwing a temper tantrum. You embarrassed me, so you need to die. I mean, how simplistic is that kind of thinking? It's a man you have to walk on eggshells around, you know. It's just you don't yeah. know what you're going to get from him. It's, it's, it's awesome. And it goes back to what Leo said. Like, these villains are making these series, no doubt. Um, but, let's, you know, it's not taken away from the, the actor and Daredevil himself the, and his supporting cast. But, like, I'm right there with you. Wilson Fisk is a badass. And the only reason why I'm really sticking with the series is I want to see him become the kingpin. Like, I want to see him... In his full glory. Don't Ride say a word, top, you two. <laughs> right. Don't say a word, you two. But, yes, that's where I want. I, I'm hoping <laughs> that it's something I can enjoy when I come home from school screaming children all day long. I can go. I can watch it. I can watch Daredevil. It's going to be okay. I just have to get through the week. So, <laughs> anyway, for those of you who have just joined us, we are counting down <laughs> our top ten Marvel Netflix scenes and or moments. We haven't really got to and or moments yet, but we'll probably will. But let's recap it real quick. At number ten, we have the intro of Frank Castle in Daredevil Season 2. Number nine, we have uh, season, I'm sorry, season 1, Episode 2 of Luke Cage, Hits You Like a Man Beatdown Scene uh, with uh, Cottonmouth. And number eight, we have uh, Fist Car Door Takes Anatoly's Head Off scene at number eight. And I'm getting really good at writing these. I'm actually kind of <laughs> looking forward to the next one. I'm proud of you, Chris. I'm proud. I'm you impressed. Should, you should. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. You guys can't see it, but I'm doing that Arnold Schwarzenegger pose with my biceps. Oh, yes, I'm cool. Anyway, I'm proud of myself. Oh, good for you, so, big man. <laughs> okay so number seven leo i know you got something good for us so what do you got oh did you toss it over to me my bad for some reason i didn't hear yeah i did i'm sorry sorry you just left me hanging Um, it's all good we're live uh, by the way leo all right chris 
so let's see. <laughs> Mine is going to be another one from Daredevil. I'm sure everybody's like, come on, guys, what about the other series? But Daredevil is just the standout one. Like, Daredevil is the best out of the series. I'm sure you guys agree with Punisher probably following up pretty close um, for me. And Jessica least. Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones is right there uh, with well, Punisher. I, Punisher I, and I Daredevil. Yeah, and then Jessica, and then the rest of them I can do without. Well, but, I don't know. know about that, brother. But um, <laughs> well, we could, yeah, we could talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do have some Jessica Jones moments on the list. Um, but the Punisher, the season two scene where the Punisher and Daredevil um, were fighting off the Irish, and just before that, like Frank got captured by him, um, and he killed off Finn Cooley. Oh man, like it, it just. It makes me happy when villains think that they have Frank because he is just a tactical genius and there's no like there's just no way to kill this guy. He's just gonna slip out of whatever you put him in. I mean, he proved it in his own series. It's just the guy is is so freaking smart. Uh, the fact that we see him like blow up the the guys that are going for the money bags. Um, tricking them, which triggers Finn Cooley, and he's on the other end of the line. He's like, oh, shit. And then Frank just gets up, had a razor, cuts himself out of a tied-up chair, and blows Finn Cooley's head off. Like, Frank is just ruthless. I mean, every time we see this guy, like, on screen just about, especially in his own series, he's just taking off heads, and they show all of it. Um, that's one thing I do appreciate about the Marvel Netflix kind of creative universe. They can show whatever they want. Um, so they full-on show the guy's face being blown right through with a shotgun. Uh, and I just – I love that scene for that. And also, like, later on in the scene where Daredevil comes in, he kind of plays his own character role too by throwing a wrench over at Frank when he gra- uh, reaches for a gun try to shoot one of the guys it's just like that dynamic of one kills one doesn't and I think at the end of the day that city needs both of them in a sense uh and this scene really kind of painted up that theme and that that dynamic between the two of them and I really just I really enjoyed it for a character establishing scene and just oh I I can't I'm not gonna lie the Punisher just Every time he's taking out people with shotguns, knives, hand-to-hand, whatever, he just – there's blood everywhere, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm a huge Gore fan. So I'm going to go ahead and put this at number – we're at seven, right? Yeah, number seven. Um, that's – you know, that's yeah, – I'm right there. Like It seems like every time Frank's doing something, it's not pretty. And I agree with you, and it's it, that scene was. Um, is that is that the one? Okay, I'm trying to remember like what how, what started that fight because was it the one and only fight where they fought together? I thought they fought together maybe a couple times by the end of that. I wasn't really sure. There have been a couple times. Um, is it is it the one scene where? Um, it's not, it's not the one where they're fighting each other and fighting other people at the same time, right? I'm, not, I'm getting that confused with another scene, I, I think. No, nah, that one got kidnapped by the Irish, 
and he had he escaped he pretty much escaped and broke free and Daredevil came in and kind of helped clean up because he was after the Irish as well. Uh okay, I remember. They're like in a shed. Yeah, and what yes, triggered all this okay, is like yeah. Frank rigged a bag of cash with a bomb. And like the guys on the other end of the line, like he heard the explode uh Finn Cooley, the head of the Irish, he he heard an explosion and was just like, Oh shit and Frank had like got out by then, grabbed a shotgun, <laughs> had it in his face. Okay. Oh. Oh man, that's messed up. I gotta go back and watch that <laughs> season. I want to. I, 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 I'll, I'll wait till season three is over. But I'll, I'll throw it to Tia real quick. Tia, do you remember that scene at all? How do you feel about it? Of course, I remember that scene. Um, Leo and I need like five hours to talk about how amazing the Punisher scenes are in Daredevil season two and Punisher season one. My oh, for real. Fav- my favorite part in that whole scene, Leo, is when Finn is sitting there and he's like, he's loose. He's loose, and it's like 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 this animal is loose. I mean, it, right before then, Finn acts like he has the complete upper hand. Oh, I have Frank all tied up. I'm beating him. I'm freaking putting a drill through his foot. And then as soon as Frank is loose, he's like crying like a little bitch, and his people aren't there to help him because Daredevil just knocked them out like one split second before that. That scene was amazing, and it all started the sequence of that where where Finn hears the buzzing from the explosion, looks at Frank, and just the fact that he the guy was going to shoot him. Frank moves the gun, splits his throat, gets out of it, shotgun Finn. To this day, I have to look away during that because it's gruesome when they show Finn's face after that shotgun gets a hold of him. I, I couldn't believe that they actually showed that. And it's interesting, going back to something Chris said, you know, this is Marvel, and it technically takes place during the MCU because they talk about the incident constantly the event from Avengers 1, but it's pretty R-rated. The fact that we see these this gruesome blood and we see this guy's face all hollowed out from a shotgun, I, I could go on forever with that scene. That seems amazing, Leo. Great choice. Tia, real quickly, why you said, um, like you were saying, it's all connected. It is, and, and I remember in the, especially... Um, Daredevil season one where they, you know, would mention things, uh, Avenger wise, but is Daredevil happening pre the snap shirt or before the snap snap shirt? Like what's going on? Did anybody disappear in the Marvel Netflix think, shows? Because Thanos yeah. clapped his, or snapped his fingers. So like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not going to get into Daredevil season three because Leo, that, Leo, that will be people, where it takes like, People oh, no. Oh, no. Pe- pe- no. Oh, no. No, no, no. Did, did I just people... fucking screw myself? <laughs> just bring it up. No. Is it... but okay, Leo, sorry. People... Somebody say something. <laughs> people do disappear. Iron Fist and Luke Cage disappeared. We already got oh, the that's... snap. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's Cancel. crazy. Damn. Wah, wah. Right. Dog. 
But I'm dead serious. Like, does it? I'm I'm okay. Can you guys answer a question for me? Just say yes or no, and then not bring up. Does it get explained in Daredevil season three at all? No. Thanos and I think. I think oh, I read something where they said that it was going to happen like before. Well, I didn't yeah. think it would, Leo. I, 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 I didn't think it would or I wouldn't ask the question. If I thought it did, I would just <laughs> I keep it to myself. I haven't seen the whole season. But oh, man. Uh, oh, Leo. Oh, you could have said disintegrated so. and turned into dust. <laughs> so do you guys think it happens before or after? Probably after. Uh, like, let's be real here. But how come nobody in the first three, at least I've only got to the first three episodes, guys. Sorry, this is our mid-break rant. All right, this, and I'm thinking to myself, how come nobody on Twitter has mentioned it? How come I haven't heard one nerd go, wait a second, wait a second here. <laughs> the Infinity Gauntlet and everyone turned to dust. So how come it, it is it going to get brought up? And I was always wondering then. I was curious, but I, I, I would love to see it kind of get brought up in one of the Netflix shows. What do you guys think? Mm, I don't know. I feel like that would be a little difficult for them to explain, you know, and I think I read something where they said that at this point, like where the shows have before kind of stayed consistent within the movie universe, I think now they're almost splitting. And I think that it's like, yes, yeah. it does say it, but not really now. It's it's weird I'll now how honest. they're doing it. I'll be honest, Tia. I think it actually has only been like a year and a half because Daredevil happened right after the Avengers incident, and then a year later Daredevil two happened, and then like I think what roughly like six months later Defenders, and then Daredevil season three picks up right after Defenders. Like I I think it's only been like a year and a half. I don't think it's even been that long in that universe. Yeah, no, I don't think so. so you're either. saying I, that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're in the past. Oh, I I'm sorry about that. I think that at some point, and this is not a spoiler, but at some point in season three, they mentioned something about it being two years. Now I don't know if that means two years since the Defenders or two years since like everything first started. Um, so maybe they're, like, living in the past. It's not 2018 yet in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I don't know. That's just a theory. I don't know. It's just, like, I brought it up because it struck me as odd that I didn't see anybody, well, <clears throat> talking about it, really. And I, and I know that it would be something that I would want to ask you guys to see what you thought. I'm going to pretend Real like quick. it hasn't happened yet. That's just my, that's how I'm thinking about it. Real quick, I would love if they love, love, love if they appeared in Avengers Four. Like I, I, I'm not even gonna sit up here and lie to you, folks. If they came in in Avengers Four and they just like needed all the help they could to beat Thanos, I'll be so freaking happy about that. But I know it's no, not gonna man. happen. No, man. I hold wanted my to happen. I wanted to happen so badly in Avengers Three. They're like just. They're in New York City. I mean, you couldn't at least show Jessica Jones having a beer at a bar while everything was going on. Like, I thought it would be so simple to just throw them in for right. a Her second. Right, all pissed off, not giving a shit that there's, like, shit going yeah. on behind her and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. It could work out. 
See, if Thanos pops up in Hell's Kitchen, the devil's <laughs> coming out. He's going to have to contend with Frank Castle. Oh, yep. Frank Castle just, he would go out so quick because he wouldn't know how to control himself. <laughs> no. He would just go balls out with as many weapons as possible. I, I don't think so that's the case. Like, I think he takes Frank. Oh, uh, no, I don't no. think that's the case because Frank is pretty tactical, bro. Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't think, I don't think he would go about, like, that hard. You have to explain the, the mechanics of the, of, the, of the, I get that. But, but Thanos, all right, you have to explain the Infinity Gauntlet and all that shit to Frank. Frank's just going to look at you and then cock his gun and then push you out of the way. He's not going to – the what? The Infinity Gauntlet, what? He's not going to care. He's just going to go and shoot everything. And then Thanos is just going to, like, you know, I don't think you're giving Frank, Frank enough into a puppy. I, I, I don't think, think you're giving Frank enough credit, nuts. bro. I just think he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he is, bro, but, like, he's very – like I said, he's tactical. I Frank think he would, would get know all the information. a little bit Frank about would, it. He would get all the information that he could and, I don't know, get those freaking Judas bullets or something and try and do something with that. And yeah, go, I think he, he would get the his, best he could. Mm-hmm. You think Frank can take out... You, the, the Avengers yeah, couldn't I do it. You think Frank fucking tags on the Punisher <laughs> from the Hell's Kitchen. He, all he needed was a clear line of sight, and he would have shot him. And then it would have been over because Frank Castle hashtag. I mean, if Goldfly had the right gun, he would easily kill Thanos. As quick well, as quick Hawk as the draw the same thing. and as accurate, like he would kill him with the right bullet. Oh man, I, agree. I think you're just arguing. I agree. One hundred The whole Avengers team couldn't do it. Dude, I'm serious. Like, like, bullseye's, like bullseye's accuracy and quick draw is just so fucking fast that, like, in a millisecond, a bullet could be through your head. Like, he is quick, I mean, accurate. We're not talking about bullseye. We're talking about Frank Castle. Uh, oh, Frank well, Castle could take bullseye any day. Yeah, hey, I agree. I don't want to know. You guys, I, I think you're spoiling. Chris, you're not going to win here. So I'm going to continue the show. I forgot. Well, well, hey, what's going on, everybody? We're, we're discussing the top ten Marvel Netflix scenes, and we had a little bit of a rant real quickly. But if you're just joining us, I'm going to recap the list before we get to our pick six. Number ten, we have the intro of Frank Castle in Daredevil Season 2. Number nine is uh, Season 1, Episode 2 of Luke Cage, Hit You Like a Man, Beatdown Scene. Number eight is Fisk's car door takes Anatoly's head off scene. Uh, That was from Daredevil season one. Um, Number seven was season two of Daredevil. Frank blows Finn Cooley's head off with a shotgun, escaping the Irish scene. And we are at number six, and I believe that it goes to Tia. So, Tia, what do you have for us at number six? All right, I'm going to hold off right now on any Daredevil Punisher scenes and move along to Luke Cage Season (laughs) 2. I love the scene where Bushmaster first um, lays out Luke Cage. You know, Luke is feeling all depressed because Claire left him because of his stupid decisions, and he's just walking along, and Bushmaster makes himself known. He just, like gets at him, knocks him down on his 
feed is humiliating because you have people obviously taking video of Luke at this point and Bushmaster establishing himself saying, Harlem is not yours. Harlem is mine. I'm coming back. And he has, you know, Luke is strong, right? Luke is strong, but Bushmaster is uh, is skillful. He's a fighter. I think he does some sort of like capoeira type of fight move, so he's able to move better, uh, faster, have better moves as opposed to Luke, who kind of just has at this point relied on flinging people away. But he can't do that with uh, Bushmaster because Bushmaster is just as strong, is in a sense bulletproof. So he really kind of at the at first lacks the ability to really take on Bushmaster head on. And it's just, it's such a power play. I love uh, Mustafa Shakir in that role. He's so good at it, the way that he went about it. I have to say that I'm probably most upset about not having a third season of Luke Cage because now there's no possibility of his character Bushmaster coming back. But for me, I love the scene where Bushmaster just at first lays Luke out on the sidewalk at night after Luke has lost Claire. So I guess you would call that Luke getting his ass kicked. (laughs) Tia, I love it. Now, okay, are you talking about the scene where he knocks him out or the fight that they have on that bridge? Which one? Are you you just one? The, uh, the bridge one is a good one, but this is the one where he lays them out and John McIver kind of one. does that, like, backflip type thing. That one. Okay, it's the one where he knocks them out, just one shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he goes, well, first off, I totally mind. agree with you. And I like the fact yeah. that you picked up that same. I had the same feeling about the capoeira style of, of like fighting, but there was something really cool about that, uh, about Bushmaster. I really liked that actor. I thought his portrayal was awesome. That was a really cool season. I'm not going to lie. I kind of secretly liked, I cheered for him, Bushmaster, to kick Luke's ass at some point because I, I really wanted to see Luke get taken down. I just like to see, uh, uh, I like to see my heroes get brought down to uh, another level and then see him rise up again. It's just, you know, a really cool um, just action trope, I guess you could say, a storyline. But um, uh, I like that, you know, he is, you know, kind of t- – it's kind of like I, – I couldn't help but think of Black Panther, of like the heart-shaped herb kind of thing when he's taking the special – I need the special herb. I was like, there's like four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. All, I'm, all he's trying to do is to get that damn herb, and I'm like, well, you just just give him the herb. Like, come on, let him kick loose ass. Let's, let's do this. Let's see what it's all about. And then, you know, Aubrey was it, is her name Aubrey Woodford? Woodford or something? I can't remember her name, but she did an amazing job in that series um, season, by oh, the way. Oh, she was so good. She was Mariah. Aubrey Wooder or something. I'm sorry. Yeah, she was just amazing. But, Tia, I'm going to agree. I love that scene. Leo, pass it on to you, my friend. How do you feel about that scene? Absolutely. And I just want to go um, dive a little bit deep into Mustafa Shakir, the guy who plays um, uh, Bushmaster. Um, He actually grew up in Harlem, so he really knows the area super well. And the fact that he just kind of has that that presence there that's just like, I'm I'm the king now. Like, it kind of knocks Luke Cage off of the pedestal and a new person on. Because like you were saying, Tia, 
People were taking video. Everybody knew. You know, Luke Cage, unlike, eh, I mean, Daredevil got a little bit of news coverage, but, you know, not everybody was talking about Daredevil. Everyone in Luke's community talks about him. Everybody sees him. Everybody knows him. Everyone's like, what up, Luke? Like, you know, he's a town hero. Like, everybody loves this guy. And to see him get his ass kicked so quickly at that, um, yeah, very fluid movements. I think your guys are right. It's Capoeira. Um, and it's just very fluid, very sleek, very speedy. That's something that Luke is, is weak against. Um, yeah, Luke's a lot of the a time he's just kind of like bonking people or picking them up and throwing them a lot of the time. He's not a martial artist per se. Um, he had a hard time with Electra too and Defenders. So martial arts is kind of his weak point. Um, but anyway, kind of just going back to that scene, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It, it knocked the <laughs> king out of the castle. Um, it, there was a new king in town. I did like I, – I liked him. I feel like his character kind of diminished – like, Bushmaster kind of didn't get to see the light of day that I wanted him to, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. I, I thought I, I wanted a little more focus on him, less on Mariah in that season. And it was very heavily focused on yeah, Mariah. Mariah and the real Slim Shady, whatever his name is. And was. Shades, yeah. I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah, the real Slim Shady. First of all, that, that like, couple looks weird as hell. That, like, that got, yeah, that got it's just like, awkward. I'm oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, uh, Jesus. Like, yeah, I was like, cool. Like, it's, that, it's weird and unique. But, yeah, like, you're right. I was like, come on. Than him. And how he does his friends like is his just fucking dirty. Right. <laughs> And she's like, and she plays her role like she's on pills and wine all the time. And you can't, you can't it's like she's on the verge of falling at any moment. I'm not making any sense. And you know but, what's weird? Yeah. It's like Mariah, she like does an evil deed and then immediately feels bad for it after. She like killed Cornell in the first season and she like was, she, she, she did it. And then after she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, so why are you going to freak out about it? Why can't you just be a kingpin and just be like, hey, whatever. Shit, clean this up. For it. Like, come on. Right. And yeah, you didn't say the Wilson N-word. <laughs> no, she didn't say the N-word, did she? I'm, I'm sorry. No, she didn't drop that in. No, I don't right? think so. No. But no. there is a no, okay, case scene that does use the N-word that I'm going to try. Probably, okay, that's it. Should have probably been. No. Longer, but. <laughs> but I, I just thought that there was a moment where the N-word was brought up. I, was, I couldn't remember who, in what context. But, like, I just didn't like oh, it. Just being, really, for it's, me, it's my next entry, bro. All right. Well, I'm at number five. So, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. You got to wait. <laughs> so, uh, um, but, Leo, so you, you think that, um, you know, that first that first scene where, where Bushmaster kind of introduces himself to Luke and his – and his, uh, what's rightfully his, you know, Harlem, whatever. Uh, did you think that scene deserves yeah. to be on this list? I do. I think it totally does. Absolutely. Maybe yeah, a little bit agree, lower, man. but yeah. Yeah, but in in fairness, like I would like, I lump, I lump also the fight that they also they actually do have, you know, when they're on that. Um, I think it's like a, maybe it's not like a bridge, but it's kind of like a walkway or whatever. I don't know. Um, exactly 
what it was. But they were fighting outside when they actually kind of, like, really go at it for the first time. You can put it in with that if you want. I don't know. Anyway, so we're at number five, I think. It, am I keeping up? Yeah, we're at number five. So that was number six, uh, Leo's last pick. And I'm going to talk about the Daredevil season one. I'm not sure the episode uh, when he does when this happens, but it's it's the breakout into the hallway fight scene, and I have oh, to yeah. talk about this, because, dude. Because as a filmmaker and and a fan, it it hit a lot of those we talked about previously. I did, it struck a nerve. Like I I at first I was like hell yeah, and then second I was like oh man this is Marvel, and then as soon as it was kept going, like I was like when is this gonna stop? And then the filmmaker me kicked in, and I'm like oh man. They did this in one long take. There's a guy with a steady cam. There's probably another guy behind him pulling cord. And they're on it, like spot on with the choreography. It just I geeked out on like so many levels and it's for it's fresh in my mind to this day. I mean, even talking about it with you guys, I just love the fight style and the coming at you ness and the total like left field it came out of for me. It's expecting a certain tone because of the Marvel movies. You didn't get it with Daredevil. You got a completely different tone, and it was in a good way for me. I loved it. Not like DC's tone shifts, where they're just all over the place, and then they let their 11-year-old kid finish the script. Anyway, <laughs> for me, I thought it – and for me, I just thought it was really adult. I'm sorry. I had to make a dig. And it just – it encompassed a lot of things for me as a filmmaker, and it's like, oh, man, I, I – shortly before that, in 2014, I had tried to do my first – action short film and um i i you know it, it wasn't the best but um i um i wish i could have seen that before i'd done that but so it really sparked some things with me uh you know technique wise and if i was ever going to do you know it just for me as a filmmaker the way that they just scope it out is something uh that's stylistically something that i would i would want to do and want to see and want to recreate so it, it like it hit a ton of nerves with me i just really think it deserves to be on this list so I'm just going to drop that in there at number five, and, you know, maybe later on we can shuffle this around a little bit. But I'm going to throw it to you, Tia. How do you feel about that specific scene at number five? Oh, that scene just kind of establishes Daredevil as something that we really hadn't seen in the Marvel Universe previous to that. And I really like that hallway scene for two reasons. One because it feels almost like an ode to um, that, uh, oh gosh, that Chinese uh, film Old Boy that has like kind of oh, a record yeah. for the longest, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I love the original and the remake, but that fight style, you're yeah. right, it's really organic, organic and right, you know, right there with the, the character. Yeah, so, I mean, that really, and I love, the fact that we saw Daredevil getting tired. When have we ever really seen that in our superheroes? You know, our superheroes uh, go and they fight and and they're fine. And I remember, and not to steer away for like two seconds, but one of the big criticisms that one of my coworkers has with, say, Wonder Woman is she fights, you know, these crazy battles and looks picture perfect right afterwards. And that's not Matt. Matt is Mm -hmm. tired. He's getting exhausted. He needs to, like, lean up against the wall for a second just to catch his breath, but he keeps going. And it's so good. It's such a great scene, and it really, I mean, now hallway fights are a thing because we need to see more of that, but only Daredevil does it the best. 
I totally agree. And uh, uh, Leo, when we were all talking uh, about this, like, why is Daredevil so good and all the other shows are just, they have moments of being really good, but they're not all the way through. Like, the certain fight scenes, even they're all choreographed different through all the series. You know, it seems like all the writing is different, the tones are different, and the fight choreography is all different. And that's like, I think that has something to do with, you know, a They'll do a lot of things, but also the kind of talent that they're working with, the actors and whatnot. But I really do feel like the best action, the best writing, and the most care is taken with Daredevil. And maybe it's in the numbers. I personally don't know if it's the highest rated, but I'm willing to bet instinctively that Daredevil is the highest rated of the series. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so, Leo, what do you – like, coming back, I don't know. We dropped Leo for just a second, but he came back just in time. So, uh, Leo, how do you feel about – you know, adding on to what Tia was saying, how do you feel about the Daredevil season one uh, hallway fight scene? First off, you said that you had uh, done a short action film. Please go ahead and send the link to me. I would love to watch that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not in control of that film. I was just on as writer-director. I didn't produce it. So I don't oh, know man. exactly where it is online, but I, I can find it. It's not – I mean, I can find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I would love to watch that, Chris. Send it, send it my way. Uh, but yeah, anyway, no um, I, I might even upload it to my channel, but I have to get permission. First, okay. So I'll let you know. Yeah, do it, please. Um, but anyway, yeah, that scene was legendary because it established – the amazing choreography of Daredevil. I think you're right, Chris. You hit the nail on the head. They're very, very different in that they're just the writing is different, the tone and uh, the tone and style is very different. Um, and Daredevil just hits the nail on the head. And one asked in one of these aspects with that is with the choreography. It's just legendary. Like in the guy, I was reading up about the guy who um, does the stunts. Um, can't remember the, his name off the top of my head, but he's been like in martial arts since he's been a child, acrobatics, gymnastics. Like he's just he's a master at all that flipping martial arts. Like unlike, kind of unlike you know Iron Fist and Luke Cage, where their characters are kind of like not as refined, if you will, as Matt's Daredevil. And it seems like in this universe, Daredevil is kind of like the Iron Man, so he is put at the forefront in terms of um, age and how long he's been doing it and things like that. Um, it seems like to me, especially in Defenders, it it seems like it implied that Daredevil was like the furthest along. So I think the focus is on Daredevil, but anyway... <laughs> Diving back into the into the scene, yes, um, yep, most definitely, man. Uh, I even liked like yeah. the, the ominous green uh, cinematography that was on there, the ominous green lighting. Like, really loved that. Just a, an amazing even scene, stunt wise. I can't even right. I can't even begin to say. Yeah, the dynamics of the score going along with it and. Man, it's just it, it really set up for all these series because now every time they're in a the hallway, you're like, I know I'm gonna get something good. <laughs> hallway fight, <laughs> it set it all up. Right. I'm like, fight him. Yeah. Fight him like, in the hallway. Yeah. Man. Fight him in the hallway. Throw exactly. him through a wall, And, and Matt. that's another Throw one through a that wall. I want to get on this list. <laughs> I, I got another hallway fight reserved. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, that there's yeah, no doubt, man. And just that guy looks a shitload like Charlie Cox too. Um, but yeah, great scene, great fighting, and it just he doesn't kill. So like it, it it's like you're saying, Chris, if they don't break off the Marvel staple, he's not killing people. That's not in his character. He's not pulling the trigger. Like we saw Batman. He's just doing his thing. I mean, if, you know, maybe this will be a stretch, guys, but I'm going to say it. Like, for as a big Batman fan, and like, I will, I will, I will argue that I'm a big Batman fan to anybody. Um, I, Daredevil was my favorite Marvel character and for a long, as a kid, and, and Batman was my favorite DC characters because they have similarities. I'm not saying that Batman has sonar ability, but the fact that they're fighters, they're trying to protect and do the right thing. They're vigilantes, but by day they, they have alternate identities. You know, you can see the parallels if you break it down. I'm not going to do it here, obviously. But for me, when I'm watching Daredevil, it's it's kind of like Marvel's Batman right now. He, he's, he has the same... You know, if you look at all the movies and the comic books, he has the same moral dilemmas in some regards. You know, he he is you know he was an orphan. You know, what I mean, do the math. So and, the, and his his fighting, his brutality that that Marvel's now showing with him is more Batman than it and it ever was in the comics. In the comic books, he was flying around like a gymnast and kicking people and flipping back and shit. He wasn't standing there <laughs> yeah, beating them. Yeah. He wasn't standing over them and beating the shit out of them. And also, I find some similarities in Bat in Nolan's trilogy. Batman was uh, his fighting style was uh, uh, Casey, which is close quarter, tight. Use your elbows, hips, knuckles, and you throw. It looked and, annoying and, and though. Really it looked like he had two annoying little punch moves for every scene. Like, hey, I don't now. know if y'all noticed. Go that. back. Go it back and watch Batman Begins. Go back and watch what hey, they now, actually did to prepare for it. Go back and watch Batman versus Superman warehouse scene, and you'll see how a true Batman should be fighting. Now, I'm not arguing that. Hey, Christian Bale did his fight Batman, but that was Batman. That fight scene was legendary. That like a punch. That I know, like but as Batman didn't throw a single punch. Christian fought. <laughs> like you want some buff stunt coordinator. Man. It was back turned to the fucking camera, and, or you don't want Christian Bale in there fighting for real. Yeah, he missed a couple punches I and kicks in, in Batman Rise because he did it way better than Christian Bale did. Throwing oh man, I want my ass going through it. Forth. No kicks, uh, no headbutt, man. Punches right. and elbows, right. boring. I liked it. You're trying to tell me the opening scene of uh, in Dark Knight. When Batman comes out and starts just punching the sh- it bends the gun and just starts beating the crap out of him one by one, boom, boom, boom. That your heart doesn't start to beat and you go, yeah, kick his ass, Batman. You don't get a little energized. I mean, I do, but guess the, what, buddy? The you fluidity said it yourself, of his fight Batman's style? punching through, just punching. No grappling hooks, uh, no kicks, no. It's just because in the real world, you said slow downplaying. <laughs> you can't do that world. in real life. Oh, uh, be quiet! This hey, is hey, a fictional piece of work. I know we're getting really sidetracked. Tia's we're like really off now. Like <laughs> Tia, how do you feel about your Batman? Do you want your stunt coordinator doing the fighting, oh, or do you goodness. want your Batman? To do <laughs> Leo, the you did. Leo, you do not want me in this because I will say very candidly on air 
I can't stand uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. So <laughs> I'll say this. I have week, to say. With that character. I, I'm not going to defend that that is a better Batman and say that he's a better Batman overall, but that scene is how I want my Batman fighting. Like that's I don't a even remember that, kind of I don't remember that scene because I was going to Well, I got to send it to you. Let me tell you, you will, you will lose your breath. You will lose your breath on that scene. It is just phenomenal. Like, he, like, grabs like awesome. a trash can, yes. knocks the guys over, beat, kicks them, punches them, like, deactivates their weapons with bat bombs. Like, it's just, it's everything you wanted. Batman gets shot in the head and stabbed. Yep. And, and he's still happened. fighting. And he's still, still going fighting. at it. Beat. And then at the end, he just picks one guy up for fun by his ankles and slams him into the wall because he wouldn't stay yep. down. He's like, oh, boom, now stay and, down. And that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that scene is how I want my Batman to fight. I'm not saying Ben Affleck. Guys, that, Ben Affleck is the Batman that openly admitted that he couldn't do anything without Clark. That he's hopeless without Clark. That that's BS, man. That's a terrible, terrible Batman. So I'm why not did you say that name? Batman. <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, I was just making a joke. You know, why did you say that name? Did oh. I ever tell you the story about how, like, when I went to go see this film? Sorry to get sidetracked, guys. But real quickly, my friend is like a, a semi. I got him on the Batman, right? He's a cinematographer, and I I made him buy the Arkham games, you know. And he's like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, yeah, read this. And then, like, come see. Let's go watch Batman for Superman. And he's like, okay, cool. And I'm like, hey, man, Uh-oh. I'm driving there. I'm, hey. I'm like, hey, man, fun fact. Did you know both their moms are named Martha? And he's like, get out of here. I'm like, no way. And he's like, do you think they'll bring it up in the movie? And I said, why the <laughs> fuck would they do that? It has nothing to do with anything. I I I swear this conversation happened because we were driving out of a Taco Bell drive-through, and I'm like, Nah, did you know his mom? Because I was trying to impress him with my Batman knowledge, right? So like, they're both their mom's name is Martha, man, and I don't think it ever got brought up. And I was telling him this, and he's like, Do you think they'll bring it up in the movie? I'm like, Why would they do that? That would be dumb. And then when it happened, he just looked at me. And I looked at I couldn't look at him because I was like, um, because by that time I was already pissed off. Because I was like, this is not, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? What are we watching here? And then by the time this happened, I'm like, I'm still trying to figure out the Flash dream sequence. I'm not even giving a care that Batman's beating this shit out of Superman at this point. But anyway, I digress. I'm sorry, Leo. I think it's your pick at number four, man. But I just wanted to tell that story. No, I think it's actually Tia's pick because I picked number six. You went with number five. Oh, okay. Did you that's right. That um, yeah, I thought no, I'd get number pick six, number, right? No, no, pick number six I was thought... Tia because she had the Luke Page, uh, the Luke Cage. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, gotcha. <laughs> the the Bruce Madison, Luke, Luke Page did, is his Luke. Did Luke and Karen bad, get together bad, and he Karen's last name? <laughs> I don't know how that came out of my mouth. But anyway, it is, it is, I took number five, so number four is, is Leo. You, my, yeah. Mm. I think we it out. Which one do I Jesus. want to see? Oh, man, there are a few. Okay, I'm going to leave it up to y'all right quick. I'm going to throw out a couple options, and y'all can say which one you would rather, rather be on the list, and then I'll talk about it. Um, The Luke Cage scene where the guy, like, 
um, holds him up at gunpoint outside the Christmas Addicts building. Uh, and that's when he says inward. He says he, he tells him to shoot him inward. Uh, and then the guy like is basically backs down, and he was he was swearing to, to crime or the daredevil, um, the daredevil prison scene from from uh, Daredevil season two with the Punisher. Which that was, was that the one with the the blood oh, all man, over? I think I'm going with that. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, go for <laughs> yeah. that one. Yeah, Bloody Frank. Punisher. The Punisher. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Daredevil season two, um, when the Punisher was put in prison. Not to mention, like the whole court trial scene was really good, and he said he threw the whole trial and like snapped like that. I was like, dude, that. That is so savage. And then when you figure out it's Kingpin, it's all Kingpin, um, and those guys, like, surround Frank because he killed the um, Kingpin's rival. I can't remember that guy's name. But um, they all surround him, and just he just wails on them, guys. And it was at this point where I was like, yeah, this kind of rinky-dink, Try la 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 Avengers bullshit that like that does not exist in this Marvel universe in this Netflix universe like that Frank just literally went through those guys like a monster like a freaking savage I think I think that really just set up another kind of character establishing moment for Frank that he cannot be stopped by anyone this guy's a one man army. He he did it with the Irish. He did it with many more mobs. Like he, it just, it, it literally established that nothing can stop Frank, no matter what. Really, um, he's a one man army. He he'll blow anyone down in his way. And I I, I gotta get this on the list. He just he he's ruthless, and then all the blood splatter was just crazy to see, especially out of a Marvel show. Um, even though we saw Fisk, at this point, Fisk had already slammed the doors. Like, gee, this guy, like, slaughtered and bowed down, like, 15, 16 guys all in one one standing. So it, it was just, it was awesome. Um, absolutely phenomenal. I'll put that on number four. Yeah, um, when I, Aaliyah, when I was doing research for this, this, this scene or this moment that you're talking about, it came up like a couple times, and I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you, man. That was a pretty um, impactful scene, but you know, it just goes like we, our, our kind of main theme is how we're all kind of, I wouldn't say shocked the word, but we're all taken aback, I think, by the tones that Marvel's um, Netflix series actually have compared to their film counterparts. Um, and this one is a staple to that brutality of Frank Castle, but it, he, they do an also they do a really good job of um, sticking true to the character in the comic books with Frank for the most part. Um, doesn't really look like, kind of looks like Frank, but you know Daredevil doesn't even look like you know how he looked in the comic books either. So that's not really important to me. The essence of the character is, and the Punisher has always always had a problem with. Even if you go back to this, guys, I'm going nerdy here. Civil War, the original Civil War comic book, when uh, the Punisher joins, um, uh, sorry, Captain America's side, they even make up, you know, he even says like, "I'm, hey, I'll join your side, but I'm going to kill every single one of the supervillains or, you know, Tony's team uh, that I can 
because that's just what I do and who I am. And they have to deal with Frank Castle being an asshole and killing people even during a, a Civil <laughs> War event. Do you know what I mean? And this Frank's just, I'm Frank. They killed my family. I'm, I'm, I've got ammo and weapons coming out of every, you know, I don't know where I get all this stuff, and I'm going to use it. And you know, it just it's, it rings true, that scene, that moment where he's standing there bloody. Uh, I'm looking at the picture right now, man. It's, it's freaking epic. So I'm totally for it. Tia, I, I don't even have to ask Tia. Tia's like, yep, yep, Frank Castle. But I would love to hear your thoughts because I'm pretty sure you have something really cool to say about it. So go ahead and let us, let us know your thoughts. Well, first of all, this scene is on my list as well. Um, I continuously revisit this scene, go on YouTube to watch the scene, just because I need to watch it over and over again. Um, we have Frank who, first of all, deals with the panic. You know, maybe not so much panic, but the shock that Wilson Fisk double-crossed him, which should we be shocked at all because Wilson Fisk is an opportunist, but he's trapping Frank in there because not only did Frank take out his rival, but now he wants to take out Frank. And you're like, how the hell is Frank going to go up against all these guys just charging at him? And he does. It's just pristine. It's brutal. It's unforgiving. It is nonstop. I mean, he, and it's not like he's, um, it's not like he's, uh, not vulnerable. He gets hit a few times. He gets stabbed, but he's just breaking some dude's neck. He's feeling the rage. He freaking stabs someone in the head. I mean, it is just this amazing, high-energy, brutal bloodbath that really shows us. Because, yeah, we see Frank with his weapons, and we see him shooting up the Irish. We see him shooting up, but this is him with essentially his bare hands and we're seeing what Frank can do. And to me, it's like, if he is not the deadliest, most dangerous character in this universe, then I don't know who the hell is. That's my feelings on it. I love that scene. Yeah. That's amazing. I could, <laughs> I could not agree with you more. Leo, back to you real quick for a retort. So I think we're all on the same page. That, that deserves to be on this list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, I love that scene for just how gory it is and how ruthless Frank is, and he's a one-man killing machine. You said it right, Tia. He's the most dangerous person in this universe. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, Daredevil's dangerous too, but, I mean, he took down Daredevil twice, like, in the second season. He took him down on the rooftop and uh, the first time he met him. Like, it, it, was, it was like, he he's very tactical and knows how to just, kind of go that extra step and kill and Daredevil's not willing to and that's what gets him in trouble against Frank um, so yeah definitely love this scene yeah, yeah absolutely um, I, I, yeah I can't say I can't say enough about how cool that uh, Marvel how, how great they're doing with those characters and in their respective series so I'm definitely going to put that down as Number four. So if you're, you guys, if you're just joining us or you're coming in and out, we are talking about our top 10 Marvel Netflix scenes and moments um, from Marvel's Netflix series. Um, so I'll count us down. Number 10 is the intro of Frank Castle and Daredevil season two. Number nine is season one, episode two of Luke Cage. Hit you like a man beat down scene. 
<laughs> Number eight is this car door takes Anatoly's head off scene. Number seven is season two of Daredevil. Frank blows Sin Cooley's head off after escaping scene. Number six, Luke Cage season two. Bushmaster knocks Luke out one punch scene. Uh, number five is Daredevil season one hallway scene. Uh, and our number four we just talked about was uh, Bloody Frank Prison Scene, Daredevil Season 2. Awesome. So I guess T, uh, woo, was it Tia or Leah? Who just went? That was, that was, I'm sorry, that was Leo, right? <laughs> yep, that was me. Just, I'm just, just making sure that Tia's giggling Jeez, over there. Chris. So, sorry, it's a lot. Like, you should see the paragraph I have to read back. You want to do it? <laughs> Sure, um, buddy. But anyway, it on over. <laughs> nah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm just I'm, anyway. I'll just do it anyway. So pick number three, Tia. What do you got for us? Um, you don't. You don't have a pick, Chris. You don't want to join in on this fun here. I do. <laughs> I have. I have. I have one I can talk about. I don't know. I might. I want to steal it from anybody. But there is one other moment that I kind of thought was cool, and it was in in the Defenders. And we haven't really talked about anything but Frank Castle, and right. Daredevil, and Luke Cage. Really, we haven't really talked about Jessica should, Jones yet. I think we should. But do I that really like the defenders. The scene where they're fighting in that building with the hallway, where where they kind of yeah, start in the elevator, where they're all yeah. That's so sweet. That was freaking scene. It's, it's not as it's not as great as the hallway <laughs> fight scene, but. You know, it was kind of cool to see all of them doing their thing together for the first time. So a little bit of, like, of me was going, oh, that's kind of cool. Because I was a little hyped for the Defenders. I was kind of let down by the <clears throat> Defenders. But that scene I can talk about, like, I really thought it was cool. Um, is that on anyone else's list? Out of curiosity. Now that's all yeah. you, Chris. Um, it was it was it was more so a little bit lower, but yeah, it was it was not mine. Yeah, see, I don't think it deserves to be uh, as high as number three. So I have to be thinking really hard. Um, how about the first time Matt puts on the actual Daredevil costume, and you see it with the red, and you find out how it's made out of like that bulletproof material that Fisk had underneath his business suit. You know what I mean? And he gets the guy to make the uh, cowl and all the whole thing. I, 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 I thought I it was a really cool moment. If I had to choose between that and the the um, Defenders moment, I think I would choose the Defenders moment, personally. Okay. So I guess I'll talk about the Defenders moment. I don't know what more I could um, say that I haven't said before I started talking and figuring out if you guys had it on your list or not. But... Uh, I think it just it it had a, a feel of like a little mini Avengers because that's what the Defenders was kind of you know building up to at least in my mind. Um, I wasn't sold on Iron Fist. Luke Cage was like eh to me. I really like Jessica Jones and I obviously like Matt Murdock, his Daredevil. Thought it was neat. Um, so I was excited when it came out and and when it, you know started going through its thing, I was like, I don't know. I don't like the tones off. The writing's a little weird. The fight scenes suck. And then you get to a moment where they're all together finally, and like it, it gets a little tiny relief or a little tiny payoff, but you get this little tiny Avengers moment where they assemble with the, it's the Defenders, 
and they're in their element doing their own thing, fighting with their own style and interacting with each other. I just thought that was cool. And, you know, I found it hard to find a a huge top 10 list when I was doing the show. So for me, that just stood out. And I thought it was kind of cool just to see them all together in some kind of weird nerd way. But yeah, so I'm going to throw it to Tia. How did you feel? How do you feel about that scene? Do you, you did you watch the Defenders? Did you see it all the way through? Um, I'll tell you guys. I've I've watched all of the shows. It's just kind of my thing. Even uh, you know, Iron Fist I've seen in its entirety. Jessica Jones. So anyway, um, yeah, the Defenders was a huge letdown for me. As excited as I was for the show, but this scene. To me, I really wish it would have kept this energy because to me this was like a turning point. Yeah. I thought like, okay, this is, yes, we've had a slow start. We need to establish things. We need to show things. And now this is where we're moving forward and now things are going to get good. And unfortunately they didn't get good. But um, first of all, I love the dynamic of uh, Matt Murdock and Jessica Jones and them kind of getting in the building and him like, people are there. We got to go give me your scarf, let me run. And she's like, you douchebag, I took the elevator, you ran up the stairs like an idiot. You know, and then you have Iron Fist trying to take the advice that Luke had given him previously and then Luke busting in and then finally all conjoining in the hallway and Jessica and Luke obviously recognize each other. And I actually really thought that that scene was a really cool scene. I had really high hopes for the rest of the season after that scene. I really wish it would have kept that same tone and that same energy because it would have been great. But unfortunately, the Defenders was just, you know, it was not good at all. Yeah, underwhelming. But yeah, I totally, uh, I'm right there with you with all you with everything that you said about that scene. But the 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 actual season was underwhelming for me uh, personally. But Leo, how do you feel about that uh, Defenders <laughs> all fight together scene? I mean, that was like a flagship moment for um, our heroes here in the Defender series. Like you guys said, it was definitely a lot more disappointing. I mean, than I thought it would be. I, I really thought, like you said, Chris, it was built up to be a tiny Avengers. Like I have very high hopes, and the writing and pacing were incredibly slow. The the characters were kind of just all over the place. Matt and Je- or I'm sorry, not Matt and Jessica. Um, Luke and Jessica weren't really important at the end of the day to the center of the story. Everybody was after Iron Fist, and just th- there was a lot of lollygagging. And but I mean, all complaints aside, this this scene does kind of show how the tone should have been throughout the entire show. Like if it would have just held this same tone to it um it really would have it would have been a much better show because they all were fighting together and off of each other and i just i love the luke and danny dynamic one speedy martial arts base one super strong um clubbing people type of guy and it's just it's a great dynamic in the entire team and you get to see that finally um in the show and it kind of all just builds up to that, and I, I love that moment because if it would have just kept up with that, it would have been an amazing series. But unfortunately, it didn't last um, with that same energy, like you were saying, Tia. Uh, de- but definitely a good, a great scene, one to go back to, like the best scene in Defenders, in my opinion. Um, 
had and maybe the only competition is the Midland, the Battle Belief Midland circle in the tunnels underneath. But, eh, I mean, this one was a lot better. Like, the steady cam shots were absolutely gorgeous, and just how how closely and smoothly that guy was following the fighting and how it swapped from one end of the room to the the other and Luke crashing through the wall so they all met up in the hallway. Just what a beautiful montage of great choreography, great acting, uh, excellent team building. Like it's just a fantastic, phenomenal scene in all ways. Um, so definitely, definitely belongs on the list. Yeah, I totally agree. Um you're right. If they could have just if they could have just kept that tone, I agree with both of you. I think we, you know, it could have been a different thing. It could have been a, it could have been successful, definitely. But I, like, I don't know. It just kind of, you know, it just fell flat after that. And the other fight scene that you were talking about, Leo, just it was too dark. I did you, was I yeah. the only one who found those scenes just very, like, too very dark? dark. And I didn't like the centered around Iron Fist. Like, I was kind of PO'd that Iron Fist was, like, the focal point of Defenders more so. Um, and Matt was kind of a Him douche a little bit. Yeah. In the Defenders, you know, we were getting a grumpy Matt because of Electra and all that malarkey. But anyway, but I, I, yeah, I think that the tone should have stayed the same and maybe we would have been talking about Defenders in a better light. Definitely. So, um, yeah, just like, um, guys, we're moving on to our number two and number one pick here real quick. But if you're just joining us, we are talking, I'm with Tia and Leo, and we are talking about our top ten Marvel Netflix series scenes or moments. And I'll count down the list real quick so you can catch up before we go to our number two and number one pick. And number ten, we have the intro of Frank Castle in Daredevil Season 2. Number nine is episode two, season one of Luke, uh, Luke Cage, the hit you like a man beatdown scene. Number eight is fifth car door takes out Anatoly's head off, takes Anatoly's head off scene. <laughs> oh, that's a mouthful. Seven is season two uh, of Daredevil. Frank blows Finn Cooley's head off with a shotgun, escaping the Irish scene. Number six is Luke Cage, season two, Bushmaster knocks Luke out with one punch scene. Number five is Daredevil, season one, hallway fight scene. Number four is Bloody Frank, prison scene, Daredevil, season two. Number three pick was uh, the Defenders all fight together for the first time scene. And are we going to Tia or is it to Leo for number two? I can't remember who had number... Tia, Tia, you're at number two, I believe, right? Yep. Um, so for my pick, two disclaimers before I talk about it. One, I'm going to be incredibly predictable in my pick. And two, it's going to be a little long just because I have to cover all of the scenes um, <laughs> because I love it so much. But So my number two pick is the season finale of The Punisher, Frank and Billy fighting against each other at the carousel scene. Um, I absolutely love that scene from the moment it happens. First of all, let's just talk about what leads up to all that. We have Ben Barnes as Billy Russo, who plays it so just 
he's just fantastic at it, the whole betrayal aspect, you know, you're not sure is Billy a good guy at some point and then quickly that whole diminish and then we truly find out how twisted this guy is, or not even just twisted, just kind of a lack of emotion and really caring about anyone else other than himself. And then we have, you have these two guys who were friends, really good friends, brothers essentially, who are both Marines, both skilled Marines going at each other, and Frank just swooping in their intensity in their fight, just starting off that way, just gunfire, punching, and then getting onto the carousel. They're taunting against each other. Uh, Billy threatening the two teenagers that he took hostage, the continuous fighting against them, the hurt, and then just, of course, that, you know, the moment that we were all waiting for, you know, when is Billy going to become Jigsaw and Frank just scraping Billy's face against the glass, just going at it. We're hearing the screams of agony. And at that point, you know, Frank has taken away from Billy the thing that he cared about most, and it's essentially his good looks. You know, Billy is good looking. He's charming. He's successful. And Frank is taking that all away. And Billy asks him, kill me at some point. And we think, of course, Frank is going to kill Billy. Frank has killed every single person that's ever had anything to do with the death of his family. I mean, a guy going to Mexico couldn't even escape Frank's wrath. And here he is sparing Billy, the guy who, you know, may not have had a physical hand in his family's death, but just the personal betrayal. And you think, of course, Frank is going to kill him. He said, I'm going to kill you. But then he doesn't. He goes, you know what? No, I'm going to let you live with this and then kicks his face into the frickin' glass. I That scene is so intense and so twisted. The carnival music going along, we see in Frank's mind that even though he's all in fighter mode, that he's still kind of having those PTSD flashbacks of his family at the carousel. And it's just, it's just a wonderful scene. I could go on and on and on about it. And that is definitely my number two pick is the Frank and Billy carousel scene in the season finale of The Punisher season one. Wow. I mean, you did, you did a fantastic job of just describing that scene and I was just remembering it all over again in my mind. Um, it, it, now, remember, it's been a while, and for some reason, I can't really remember all of that season. But the, does Billy end up surviving, right? Billy Frank does end up him. surviving. At the end of the season, Frank asks, you know, okay, what happened to Billy? They said he was under the knife for 11 hours, and we see essentially Billy with his face completely wrapped up because there was so much damage. But He's alive, and from the behind-the-scenes photos that we see of the filming of season two, he he's back, and he's definitely going to face off of Frank in season two. He's going to go after Frank after Frank let him live? That's messed up. Well, he's Jigsaw now. His face jigsaw. is all messed up. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's the okay. main, one of the main Punisher baddies. Yeah, I mean, they right, completely so... rewrote his his background for the series. Um, 
in the comics, they're not friends. They weren't buddies. No. And then, and but the Punisher season one made them BFFs to, I guess, make you know the hurt even worse for Frank, because you know he doesn't have enough trust issues. Right. That's a that's a cool little little twist there. But I'm now I'm kind of intrigued, a little excited maybe for season two. That's a really good. Good, good pick, Leo. How do you feel about that? And number two, him creating oh, his I'm, own Joker, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am on board one hundred percent because it really shows that Frank truly does have some kind of evil ways of doing things. Like he just let him live with that shame, with that scar, with someone that close to him. Like he. Like, literally, Frank was just, oh, my God, I can't say it enough. John Bernthal, Bernthal, <laughs> Bernthal, I'm sorry, guys, if I'm saying that wrong. He is just a phenomenal Punisher. Like, to, to, to the T, that is exactly how I wanted the Punisher to be. Maybe not as big as the Punisher from the comics, but looks aside, like, he is a perfect Punisher. And just what he does to Billy, and I, I love that they wrote them as friends. Because that gave this scene a lot more weight than if they weren't. Um, and what gave, yeah, I mean, call. even though, like, kind of comparing it to Daredevil and Fisk and Daredevil, what makes Daredevil and Fisk so good is they both want the same thing. And here, you know, you have two two best friends that, that are just, that, that go way back. And even though they have such a long connection, it really just brings, like I said, a lot more weight to it. It, it just makes it that the stakes are a lot higher. And I knew he probably, I knew he wasn't going to kill him because I knew that Billy Russo was Jigsaw. But I was just so impressed with the choreography. Again, the steady cam on point. Um, the shots in this were amazing. Just the fact that they're um, fighting on that circus ride, and it, it just. It was a great scene, um, and it really just goes to show how good of a villain Billy Russo was. Um, these Marvel Netflix villains are really, really good in their own right, um, and he really helped carry this show and give Frank, like, a really crazy adversary, and he was another kind of clean cut because he was frequently seen in a suit. He was sharp. He was a handsome guy. Like he was, he was another clean cut villain that wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, and ended up paying for it all by losing those clean cut that those beautiful looks that he had. Boom, gone in one instance. Um, great scene and, and great descri- great way describing it to you because I was just remembering it all as you were saying it. Just a phenomenal scene in its own right. Amazing choice. Thank you. I, I appreciate you know. Kind of to like piggyback on the because I just love Ben Barnes as Billy Russo. Um, I, I kind of love the contrast between him and Frank because again they're both Marines, but you have Billy who's so good looking. He's kind of more slender and his moves are a little bit more you know pretty, I guess you would say. As whereas you know Franks are a little more brutal and just seeing like the two of them just go at each other is just 
phenomenal. Um, just and them shouting back at each other. Billy saying, "You know, I never had that." And Frank's like, "You had us, you asshole." You know, Frank made this guy a part of his family. We see a flashback of them having fun together at the park. You know, the Castle family accepted this guy in, and Billy just. He didn't see it that way. He always just saw that he was alone and it was just him. And it doesn't matter if his decision gets everyone killed as long as he's okay at the end. I can't say enough about it. I think it's amazing. So anyway. <laughs> wow. No, you, you do a really good job of, like, you know, reading into these characters. And, and, and I think, you know, I wish the writers, I hope they're listening if they ever get a chance to because I think you're really doing them justice with, with their writing, and it's a, a testament to everything that you're saying, guys. It's a testament to the writing and the actors portraying those roles, um, bringing those things to life and, and those elements of humanity and passion and hatred and betrayal and all those things that all of us, you know, we convey all those emotions and we can sense them in these characters. It just It's a testament to the actors and the writing. I mean, all these scenes that we talked about all night long, um, come, you know, with the root of that. And Tia, you do a fantastic job of, like, really understanding that and isolating. I don't know if you know that you have a talent for it. You, you, <laughs> um, and it, it's funny because we were talking off, you know, here a little bit. Uh, Tia does a lot of writing, and she's been doing it for a very long time. And she's very passionate, and she understands good storytelling, and she also understands character structures, and she understands it very well. And she has a great way of putting you back into the scene. So I, I, uh, Leo, like you do the same thing. You you have a way of just like understanding like these tones. You know that's what I and I, that's why we we connect each other with each other so well. I think we all have the same kind of passion for the source material, the actors, and and the the true talent that circles these people. I think we have a really good you know pulse of um, where the direction of these characters are supposed to go. Oh. So, like, you guys do a fa- you guys do a fantastic <laughs> job of, like, explaining it. I, I have to say that. I have to give you guys props because it's, it's really cool and it's really refreshing um, that you guys see that the same way I do and you have a way of articulating it that's, that's just awesome and it, it makes you want to go back and, and watch these things again and go, oh, man. Because I really think that you guys have a way of watching it the way it's supposed to be, you know, supposed to be seen. So it's really cool. So I'm going to say, yeah, heck yeah, this thing, that, that totally is is one of the best season finale episodes of, of all the Netflix series when it comes to Marvel for me personally. So, yeah, I, I think it deserves to be number two for sure. Oh, way to make me blush, Chris. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm trying. I'm um, red like a cherry. <laughs> now you're making me blush. But anyway, Leo... <laughs> If you can stop <laughs> blushing for a few minutes and and look at your notes, man, because you're coming at us with number one. Huh. It's that time. You sure you don't want number one, Chris, as the host? I don't. I don't. I can. Uh, I as can a host, you one I, if you want me to. <laughs> I am. Listen, I'm trying to figure out what my my number one moment would have probably been the hallway fight scene. So if you got something that's a little bit more different than that, yeah, okay, go for it. Um, there are a few that I have a possible pot for number one. Um, the Daredevil season two 
when he's fighting down the stairwell, the, the biker club, when he's fighting them down the stairwell. Um, that's one of the toss-ins. Um, where he fights Kingpin at the end of season one, that's one of the toss-ins. Um, him and Elektra versus the hand. Like that whole montage, including when Stick kills Nobu and stuff. I have like a lot of like, I, I don't know I I'm kind yeah, of yeah we you know what's funny we didn't talk about Stick I like that character I didn't like him in Defenders but I did like him in season what was he in was he Man, in both seasons I can't remember season two two yeah Stick yeah Stick was awesome he's a good character I I liked him in Defenders because he was willing to go the extra mile to achieve what he wanted like he was really willing to just like kill Iron Fist to prevent the hand from winning. But um, anyway, I think, and if y'all like the sound of one of my other options, feel free to speak up, but I think I'm going to put the Daredevil um, uh, stairway scene where he's fighting the the biker gang because that one is just another just legendary hallway scene. And to be honest, Chris, like, yeah, I will probably pop up mm-hmm. the other hallway scene to two or one, but, like, this one, this one is just phenomenal. Like, he he starts by just, like, grabbing this guy, and he's got this gun taped to his hand with no bullet inside of it. Coming right off of Frank, by the way, a very great scene between him and Daredevil when he would just put the one bullet in, his, in the gun and was like, it's either me or him, me or him, and... He used the one bullet to try to free his chain so he could try to save the guy. Um, but it led into this scene where Daredevil's fighting the bikers in the hallway, and it's just choreo- – like, the choreography is legendary. I mean, this guy is jumping off walls. He's flipping over guys. He's beating the shit out of, like, 20 to 25 guys, if not maybe even 30 or plus. Like, he is just wrecking through hallway after hallway, guy after guy, and he beats all of them and gets to the very end, and he's just huffing with a little blood on the side of his mouth, and it's just like establishes that this guy is like the hero that the city needs. He can't be stopped. He's the guy that can't be stopped, and next to the Punisher, the next dangerous person, most dangerous person in the city is Matt Murdock. He's just... He he gets the job done without having to even kill anyone. He's that good. Not to mention just a great display of his, his power. Again, he's got, you know, superhuman senses and a seismic sense um, as well, kind of a radar sense where he can even sense where people are. Um, and it just it really shows off his, his character very well in that he's easily able to just fight these guys off. Even the big dudes can't beat him down. Um, and I just, uh, it, it's a great scene. It's a, it's a phenomenal scene. I find myself going back and watch that one over and over and over and over. Um, so I'm going to have to throw that on the list as number one. Once again, great job of explaining yourself, sir. I really, I really do dig it. And I really like the fact that, um, there's a theme, you know, with us coming back to like the the Daredevil. It just seems like everything that's kind of spun off of Daredevil has been successful um, for for Marvel and Netflix and their series. Um, and um, you know, going back, I had to like think of like what's this biker scene. But now that you told me, I totally remember the scene. And you're right. It 
it, it's a, it's like the hallway scene on steroids a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's like, a one A one B situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and the, the, while you're talking about it, Leo, when you were discussing describing it, how is he not? You know, catch me if I'm wrong. How is he not Marvel's Batman right now with the way that he fights? He takes on these bad guys. I mean, to me, he he is. He's Marvel's Batman. And he's doing a better job of Batman than Batman's done in, since <laughs> Nolan. So, um, yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about it. So, I'm definitely going to say it deserves to be number one. You do a great job of explaining yourself. But I'm going to throw it over to Tia. Tia, how do you feel? And if you have an alternative number one, let us hear at the end of your <laughs> rebuttal about um, number one. Well... You know, I wish we, before I move on to Leah's choice, which is a fantastic choice, I almost forgot about that scene, honestly. Um, I, I wish we could talk about season three of Daredevil right now because there's a fight scene that would top everything on this list, so it's unfortunate we can't talk about it. But Oh, man, that, I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> Shush. I'm, I'm sorry. But as far as <laughs> Leah's choice, that that's a fantastic scene. I You know, I love the intro to it where um, Matt was essentially going to just kind of walk away from those bikers coming in all angry when that older gentleman uh, who had associated with Frank earlier comes out of his apartment. And I have such like a soft spot for elderly people that I was like, don't you hurt him. What are you doing? And then Matt comes in and just like the, then how everything uh goes from there and he's fighting down those stairs and again it goes back to the realism almost like uh matt gets gets exhausted at some point at some point he just kind of stands there and takes like a deep breath and kind of like hops down the steps just to like collect himself and he sees that there's like three more assholes and he's like all right let me get back to this and just how he he like gasps at one point with the chain that's still in his hand at some point. It's just it's such a good scene. It's so brutal, and you know that he's exhausted because he just had to contend with Frank this whole night. And it's like the last thing he wants to be doing is fighting off these guys, but he does, and it's just it's so good. And I love the colors in that scene. The red. It just really it's. It really goes. It's a fantastic choice, Leo. It really is. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, the way that you're both. Well, thank you. It, yeah, it's like, a good one. You're right. <laughs> they throw, they just throw everything at this guy, and he just takes it. And you're you're right. You made a great point. Um, the, like, the kind of the gritty, realistic nature of of that scene, but just, mm-hmm. you know, the series in general is really cool and really refreshing, you know, because we're comparing it to the films and, and and their kind of level of fighting and their gritty, you know what I mean? Was, correct me if I'm wrong, but Infinity War was probably the darkest and the grittiest we're, you know, we got out of, out of you know, 10 years of those films in 2019, whatever, how many films it are. And, you know, that really wasn't that bad. You, all you got to do is watch, you know, a couple of seasons of, of Daredevil and you go, oh, crap, man, that's nothing can <laughs> You know, you you just get a, a sense of oh, oh yeah. shit. It's 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 like I don't know if you guys. It's like when you're on vacation, and you come home and like oh crap bills. I gotta wake up and gotta get. I gotta do this. You're back in your mundane life. It feels like the movies are like a vacation, and then 
mm-hmm. we go to Marvel Netflix to get put back in reality of, okay, this is what would really happen if you're on the street level with your powers <laughs> and you want to try to be all righteous. Here you go. You're going to get your ass handed to you. You're going to have a psycho trying to kill you at all, you know, at all costs because you're getting in the way of what he's trying to do. And, you know, your you moral dilemmas and, and just, you, you know, I just have to, you know, I just want to make a comment on the gritty realistic uh, comment that you made to you because I, I like that, that contrast of, of the two, the, the films a la the Netflix series. But, guys, this is, you know, a pretty cool list we got compiled here, and we have a few minutes left before the show. So I just was curious, Tia, did you have an alternative number one pick? I'm sure you do. I did. <laughs> I, you know, if I look at my notes, you I just do honorable have, mentions. <laughs> I don't well, yeah, have do an alternative. Mentions. I don't have an alternative because I think that number one is a fantastic. I have an honorable That's mention that I know that I know that I'm going to get shit for from you two, but I'm going to say it anyway, just because I do deserve, it's not so much a fight scene, it's just a moment that I think deserves just a little bit of a nod, especially all things considering, because it's from one of the series that just recently got canceled. Um, I kind of really liked uh, the season finale to Iron Fist, that ridiculous, like, spaghetti western type of scene with Danny and Ward in Japan. I just kind of liked it, not saying that it deserved to be number one or anything like that. I just think as a as a moment, it deserved a little bit because it's like, who would expect that from an Iron Fist series at all? And it's just kind of like, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I know we don't have a lot of time, but like just... I don't know if you guys watched the second season of Iron Fist and what happened. And so we go from, you know, Danny doesn't have the fist at all, and now all of a sudden he has two of them and he's shooting up. And it's just, it was ridiculous, but kind of like enjoyable ridiculous. So that's that's an honorable mention for me right there. Sh- shooting up? No, 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 not, hold not, on. <laughs> uh, I have not even seen Iron Fist season two. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I don't. Well, I don't plan on watching it, but I was just thrown off by the the Danny has two iron fists and he's shooting up, shooting up like in the air with his fists, or like right, I'm so, sure there's like an energy blast. Um. So this is what happened, oh, right? Really? In in Iron Fist season two, and I'm not going to go into it, but Danny loses his ability to have a fist, the iron fist. He loses it. And that's what you see, and that's how you think they're going to end it. And then they have a scene where they're like six months later, and it's him and Ward, who at this point, uh, Ward is sober, he's no longer into drugs, and he went off with Danny, and they're like researching something, they're looking into something, and this guy comes and picks a fight with Ward, and Ward's like, well, you're going to have to take this up with my buddy over here. And Danny gets up, and he takes out these two guns, right? And the other guy shoots at him, and Danny goes to shoot at him too, and then all of a sudden both of his fists start glowing, and he pulls the trigger on both of them, and the bullets start glowing and go and hit the other guy's bullets, and he's like, okay, if you're done now, now we can talk. And that's how it ends. And again, it's ridiculous in so many ways, but like, I just thought it deserved, because like, who came up with that? It's, It's like, fun almost 
to me. And again, I know I'm going to get shit for it, but I, I personally, I personally liked it. I was like, what the hell is this right now? <laughs> it almost is well, great. I how, like, li- yeah, go ahead. I might have to check it out. It sounds like it's got a little bit of potential, but you said he shoots like bullet shaped. That's a little bit no, strange. He he literally has two guns that because his hands are glowing, like transfer like into the gun. So as he pulls the trigger, the bullets are also glowing yellow. And I the I shooting so guns? Well, he, yeah, yeah, and we'll never know why now. We'll never know what the hell happened, and that's how the and that's how the the series now. That's how the series ends with that. Weird that he's using <laughs> guns. I don't know. I just yeah. All right. I, I guess I won't spend too much on it. I know we're taking down. Yeah, let's time. not try to get all cerebral on a canceled show that wasn't very good to begin with. <laughs> That's interesting, though, Tia. Hey, I, I, I just, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't like that actor. Like, I didn't like him. I just, don't, I don't want. We don't have time for me to get on a rant. But Leo, I was curious, my friend. Do you have any honorable mentions that we didn't cover? Yeah, I had a few. Um, one from Jessica Jones when uh, Kilgrave kills his mom in the elevator. I thought that was a pretty uh, fucking uh, super awesome scene, which just established yeah. how like tortured of a character that Kilgrave was, like almost to the point where at some some capacity you felt a little bit sorry for him. Um, but that was just like taking it so far as to take control of his mother with with his power and just just kill his mom, have her stab herself repeatedly like that. Like that was just that was super psychotic. And again, another example that these shows just they don't slack. They don't care. They'll take the extra step and just throw some super savage scenes in their in their stories. Um but it it was like, wow, what a villain. That's just another another great example of a great Marvel Netflix villain. Yeah, um, Jessica Jones was dark, and I, it's like, I guess compared to, like, everything else we talk on this podcast, you know, Jessica Jones almost didn't have enough room to be here, but Kilgrave was brutal. I mean, if you guys remember, he made a guy pretty much fall face first on a pair of, like, massive scissors, like, uh, Kilgrave was no joke, and that was a very tough show as far as Marvel went. We had Kilgrave, what he did, and talking about sexual trauma and all the other dark themes that go with Jessica right. Jones, and that's in the Marvel universe. Right. It's kind of it's kind of scary to think about it when you think about it like that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's odd. Think about that next time you're watching Infinity War and. Tony and Peter are talking about what Drax, what does Drax actually do? You know, he uh, takes ass. Oh, I got another good one. Yeah. And then we get Jessica (laughs) Jones and uh, what's his name? Kilgrave? What was his name? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Purple Man. And, uh, you know, we didn't even talk about that. But go ahead, Leo, real quick before I wrap it up here, real quick. Um,. When Kingpin and Daredevil, a couple more, uh, Kingpin and Daredevil, when um, they first talk, when Matt picks up the walkie-talkie and he first talks to him, 
and was just like, hello there. And like, it was just so casual and so smooth, but threatening. And then also their final confrontation in season one. Um, just cool to see him go up against each other finally like that. And Matt just jumped up in the air and drew his fist back and screamingly punched the shit out of him. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty cool moment too. Yeah, I, I agree. Except for the technical difficulties of them not actually, you know, using the walkie talkies correctly <laughs> in the editing process, <laughs> somebody messed up. But that's okay, you know. I notice things like that because I'm just, you know, jerk. But yeah, that was that was a pretty cool moment. And right, be quiet. Anyway, <laughs> guys, it oh. has been great. I'm gonna read. Oh, what? Do we? What? Do we have one moment? Yeah, we have a moment. Do we have Go one ahead. moment. All right. Um, I would definitely say an honorable moment should be when Frank in The Punisher, because, again, I can't get enough of that man, um, helps uh, Curtis get out of his bomb. And that whole intense scene that kind of is, you know, between him and Curtis and, you know, and Frank talking about how essentially he's the reason why Curtis doesn't have one of his legs and that whole emotional scene. And then even the scene that follows after that, Frank running from the police, he freaking throws a rock at the guy's head just to steal his car. I mean, that that whole entire scene, the bomb scene leading into the Frank running from the police scene, that whole thing. Definitely honorable mention there. Hell yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about, I totally forgot about, like, Punisher season one. I got to go back and watch that right after Daredevil season three. That was a, that was a, that's a good one. I'm going to come back to that one. But just to recap, guys, real quick, uh, we've been talking about our top 10 Marvel Netflix uh, series scenes and moments. Number 10 is the intro of Frank Castle and Daredevil Season 2. Number 9 is Season 1, Episode 2 of Luke Cage, Hit You Like a Man Beatdown Scene. Number 8 is Fist Car Door Takes Anatoly's Head Off Scene. Number 7 is scene, I'm sorry, Season 2 of Daredevil Frank Castle Blows Finn Cooley's head off with a shotgun scene. Number six, Luke Cage season two, Bushmaster knocks out Luke with one punch. Uh, Number five is Daredevil season one, hallway fight scene. Number four is Bloody Frank prison scene in Daredevil season two. Number three is all the defenders fight together scene. Number two, Frank and Billy Carousel fight scene at the end of season one. And number one was Daredevil Season 2, Biker Fight Scene. Guys, we have a pretty cool list. I, I like it. Any, any last thoughts real quick before we say goodbye? Um, we need, like, a whole show to talk about Frank Castle, apparently, is what we concluded here today. <laughs> right, the top ten Frank Castle moments. Is, it, it could be coming down the pipeline. But, guys, I want to say thank you very much for um, coming on. Uh, It it was fun. I really enjoyed this one. You guys brought some great energy and great insights. Um, So I just want to say thank you. Um, So, Leo, real quick, where could people find you? Find me over at geeklygoods.com, guys, where when you purchase, we donate $1 to Arts Education, and we also make YouTube videos and blog posts. Guys, find me over there or on Leo Rydell on Facebook or Leo.Rydell on Instagram. Awesome, Leo. Thank you very much, man. And Tia, where can people find you? 
people can find me on Twitter at Tia uh, underscore Fabi. I post a lot of opinions about the latest movies, TVs, um, and I post a lot of my articles with Geek Five Live, and I do interviews with actors that I'm really excited about, so you can check out those all on my Twitter feed. Um, great show, Chris. Great show, Leo. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tia. Thanks for thanks thanks for listening, guys. We'll come back at you next week with another top ten. Check out gvnation.com. And guys, I will see you in the next top ten. Have a good night. You too. See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.